Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone? This is the Never Miss Lethal podcast, episode 8, featuring on my left... Uh, Shwitty and on my right, CVH. I don't actually know the geographical location in relation to mine, but that seems like a really cool assumption. So, guys, say hi. Hey, how's it going, everyone? All right. So, this episode, um, oh, jeez, time out. One second. Turns out I didn't disable my follower notification. All right. <laughs> so, oh, I hit, forgot to hit save settings. All right. So, continuing. Um, this episode, I, can't, I wanted to jump into a meta discussion. Uh, we were trying to cover that last episode, but apparently we just were having a lot of fun chatting and we're going to cover that right away. So I kind of want to hop into the st- what feelings instead of the meta. So like usual, I will say mine first. So um, my thoughts on the current meta. I'm seeing a pretty, I want to say a decent amount of uh, of diversity there. Seeing a good amount of aggro mid-range and a few control decks here and there. Control decks aren't as common as they were before, it looks like. I'd often see them more often when I got to, I got to top 100. Didn't see too much control on the way. Saw a few control mages. Usually when I get to top 100, I would notice a lot more control decks in general. Uh, it seems mid-range seems to be king in this meta a little bit. And there's the... And aggro actually has a spot... Poor aggro just didn't have it. Rune prophecy system, I felt, always kind of shut them down before they could really get their hold, but it seems the tools they've been provided with the Battle Mage, although the Crusader list is more of a uh, combo, I'd say. But I was able to use an aggressive, a, a very aggro archer to climb up. So I'm seeing a good mix, although I do feel control is not in the best of spots. So now I'll take this opportunity to pass it to CBH and have give his thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, right? Um, I think you're probably right with midrange being king. Uh, I, <laughs> I think that might. If we go back for like the last twelve months, I don't know if there was a time when a midrange deck wasn't like either the best deck or among the best decks. I think that has actually happened like between lane snapshot, which is like the average score of a few players. I think the only time midrange something wasn't the top of the list was that one time control mage barely beat out midrange archer, but it was really close. And everyone I've talked to in the snapshot, I don't exactly know how it's going to turn out yet because I'm still getting the results back. But mid-range mage, mid-range sorcerer, mid-range assassin, and mid-range archer are all four decks that everyone seems to agree are quite powerful at the moment. And uh, it's interesting about control too. I think aggro has gotten a lot of new tools. I still think, I mean, it seems weird because like mid-range is so good, so aggro should punish it. But the game punishes aggro to a point where it can never really be overpowered at all. Like, I really doubt we ever see a straight-up overpowered aggro deck like Hearthstone had with Pirate Warrior or Aggression or any other aggro decks that you might have expected, like Undertaker Hunter. But uh, with Control, it seems like that sort of thing happened, right? Where it was, like, the most hyped deck for, like, the first three or four days. Praetorian Commander, Echo, Bunch of Prophecies. Saw tons of play. I'm sure we all played against it more than we would have liked. And I don't exactly know where it's gone. But 
not too high legend, I guess, because no one's playing it. <laughs> well, the mid-range decks do punish the tempo loss from the commander, interesting enough, so if your turn 6 is commander, turn 7 is dead, usually, it seems, so I think that may have had an impact. But, Sweetie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the same thing. Like, mid-range mage and mid-range sorcerer is probably, like, in my eyes, one of the two best decks. And I think because of, like, I think Tifa Dreams is, like, a big contributor to that. Like, in general, blue decks, I feel like we're missing a good five drop in them, and like they just got a really good one. So that I think that just excelled those decks even farther than they already were, and that's like where it's going to be. I wonder if like control decks will make a little bit more of a stomp once like not that we're seeing too much of Peritorian Commander anymore, even though we saw it so much earlier, but it is getting nerfed. So I wonder if that will allow like a little bit more control decks come alive out there, um, just because like if you did run against one of those Praetorian Commanders decks, sometimes it was a little bit harder because everything was so buffed out of your range. Yeah, I mean, it's because, like, we always consider the Praetorian Commanders the control decks, but I always kind of like, you know, I'm just going to reference the Blackfall list because he made, like, the control mage without Praetorian Commanders. Uh, you could argue about if that deck's even really good right now. I think it's better than some people do, but there's also some other interesting control decks. I always kind of considered Ram Scout the control deck. Yeah, that's always better. Like that's uh, always on the line of, like, is it control or is it just a ramp deck? <laughs> is it control or just a really big mid range deck? I've, sometimes it feels like it's. I think Dragon Scout nowadays feels more like a big mid-range deck, if that makes sense. Maybe how much you focus on dragons. Because, hmm? like, some of the... You know, it depends on how much you focus on the dragons, because some of them play, like, sheer point dragons, and at that point, you're kind of mid-rangey. But if you're playing, like, really defensive giant snakes and dark guardians and stuff, you're probably still more aggressive than other control decks, though. That's... But I think that's good, and I also saw some Crusader control recently, and I think that's another cool deck. Yes, Aini has... a lot of options. Aini's in top 10 with his Control Crusader list, which is, I think, fantastic. <laughs> sure that archetype could pot potentially have something going for it. That's definitely Unstoppable something. Rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that card. It's coming back around. There's actually a Reddit thread about that earlier today, I think. <laughs> Some random guy was like, just, I'm gonna quit because Unstoppable Rage. It's like, um, <laughs> see you around, man. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to that guy. Like, but... The card wouldn't be complete without someone raging about it, so... Yeah, it's... <laughs> I mean, I, I understand not like the big swing effect, but it's just the last thing on my mind, I think. Although I will say this, just the... I do enjoy the fact that there's a watch list for cards now. So I, I... They never really said nerf. I guess we can kind of segue to... Since we talked about Commander into that... Bit of announcement. They never really said nerf. They said... Commander, Echo, Belligerent Giants, and gotta find it. Here we go. I will. And Bringer of Nightmares were on the list. Last stream we did talk about how those cards were controversial, not giant. So I just want to briefly talk about the watch list. Get you guys' thoughts on that. Personally, um. I am okay with all these cards, but I was a little shocked by Giant. I know a lot of people, I've heard Turquoise Link mention a couple times that he saw Giant was one of the best cards in the game, if not the best. And personally, I was okay with it being so good, maybe because it was in red. Since red isn't really, what would I say, the worst kind of deck to deal with, I would like colors. I mean, if it was blue, I'd like nerf it to the ground, but... I always thought Village Giant was really strong, but an okay kind of strong. So I'll pass this one off to Switty. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, it's, I'm kind of interested to see like what the changes are. If it's going to be like just like a mana cost increase, or if like the card text in general will be changed. Like uh, especially like if you look at Praetorian Commander, like I wonder if they're going to change it to be just like plus one plus one, or if they're just going to increase the mana cost. I think that's going to be very interesting. Um, some things about the Belligerent Giant though nerf is like uh, depending on what they do it. Like I think some of the big reasons why like you know Night Shadow and like also Undying Dragon are not very strong. Not only do they just get instant removed, but if you were playing against a red deck and you turn six played one of those two cards to like try to get yourself back in the game and then got belligerent giant did you pretty much just lost the game right there and your whole outs kind of you know you didn't develop anything so i wonder if the change to belligerent giant is big enough we will actually see some of those cards come into play a little bit more i mean it says card change so it's probably just going to be buffed to a six cost <laughs> in a perfect world you know turns out we heard the atromatic complaints we're just gonna make red stronger so let's make it six. That's the thing. Yeah. It could get buffed. It could feel if not performing well enough. You think it'd be better at seven as a seven five personally? Uh, it's like the only card that does what it does. It's the only cast out on a stick to my knowledge. So I, I really hope it still remains playable. I'm okay with less stats. I'm okay. I'm probably I, I kind of talked about it, but I, I mentioned that I don't think I'd love a, a mana cost increase, a magic cost increase. But I think it'd probably be okay. I think the card would still be good. They might go the Manticore route though, and I don't know that could, that could really hurt the card because it only has four health. So if you're if you're playing for tempo, you know chances are a lot. Of, you know a lot of giants you play them in the shadow lane, you bounce your opponent's big thing in the field lane, and then your giant just hits them for seven next turn. But if it's in the field lane, it's unlikely. If they have like two things in the in the field lane, it, that happens a lot, and it would make giant a lot worse if you had to play it in the same lane as whatever you're bouncing. But that, that that seems like a realistic fix to it. But either way, it also kind of functions as a nerf to Unstoppable Rage, too. So I like that. But I hope there is a card that sort of punishes. I don't know. It's, it's not fun, right? But I hope there is a card that punishes. You know, there has to be something that punishes play, dude. It's huge. And it sticks. Yeah, maybe just... Like, something should, should be good against that. Maybe it's 7 attack that is, like, too powerful in the eyes of that. So maybe it is just nerfed down to, like, 6-4 or something along those lines. Yeah, possibly. I mean, geez, I just thought this card... I thought Belligerent Giant was a very strong but yet fantastic card. That really the high-powered card done right. It always felt to me like yeah, it sucks losing it and it does kill my Night Shadows, which I cut them on my list. One of the reasons I did yeah. that. It's, it's a cast-out and a lumbering Ogrim, basically. <laughs> yeah. you're, paying, you're, paying, you're paying 7 for a 7-4 and the cast-out effect, but lumbering Ogrim even can't gain cover, so it kind of functions like the Manticore thing, where you might have to play Belligerent Giant in the wrong name. So if they fix it like that, or they reduce its stats a bit, I could see it being fair, because you're getting such a crazy combination of raw stats and an insane effect. Well, like A long time ago, but <laughs> they've nerfed a lot of cards since then. <laughs> to be fair, cast out is three mana. Longer on web is four mana. You add them up, you get seven. <laughs> throwing a little, throwing a little breakthrough. Yeah, no one cares about breakthrough. icing on the tip. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an epic card. Just also, it kills supports. <laughs> kills supports. Is, I wonder. If, oh, I wonder if they took. I hope they don't take the support move. That'd be far too much of a nerf. I don't. I don't think they can. There's still not enough support removal in the game to like cut down and support removal, I feel. Absolutely not, yeah. I don't even think that's the problem of the card. It's not. I, I just thought yeah. about that, like, please don't do that. The love of God, don't. I'm just, uh, <laughs> so one card I did want to think, I was shocked, I talked to this a lot, a lot of players, and surprisingly, I'm getting a 50-50 kind of deal. The trouble card, that I'm not shocked on the watch list, would be uh, Atrum, Supreme Atromancer. Um, she is the cream of the crop of blue cards, I'd say. 
Oh, I probably said that wrong, but who cares? No one's paying that much attention, but cream of the crop, I think, right? Whatever. Uh, she's yeah. always been good, always been solid, and I'm surprised. You know, you, if you you get a you get 13 nine worth of stats and a lightning bolt to split amongst three creatures, two of them having the keyword breakthrough, and a lightning bolt to the, your opponent's face for a nice handy dandy nine mana package. I I feel that is a pretty amazing card, and you can have three of them. You know. And I think that card just offers a lot, and I was just surprised that Giant made the list, not Atrial. And I'm no more surprised. In fact, the Blackfall thought it was okay. Link, I think, thought it was okay. Uh, Dazer and Boom's Life both disagree. So I'm going to hand this off to now. Uh, CVH, your thoughts on the Supreme Atrial Mancer. Wait, Alan, who thought it was okay? I need to decide whose camp I should be in. Who's <laughs> <laughs> camp? Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm glad you're going. Who's <laughs> camp? Yeah, we gotta decide which team we want to join. <laughs> uh, I mean, everyone kind of knows what I think about it. I, I've always been okay with the Atromancer, but I mean, it's just, I don't know, if you make it unique, it's just so unreliable. I Unique legendaries are probably they, they're necessary, but God, are they annoying, because you can't really play around them ever. Like, everyone always says, you know, this game's great because you can play around so many things. You can't play around a unique legendary. You can, like, put yourself in a position to where Red Brahman doesn't completely destroy you, but more often than not, you're just going to, like, make the optimal play, and you're just going to hope they don't have it, because there's never going to be a time when you want them. Like, this, they're just so powerful. So you're making Atromatsu a one-of, and it just feels that much worse when they draw it. And I don't know, like, I don't even think it's that powerful to be, like, a one-of. Like, ugh, it sounds so inconsistent. They could, like, nerf its ping damage a bit. I think it would still be fine, but I don't know, like, back in the day we were discussing it, and Link was like, uh, oh, play Nerf Supreme Atromancer, what beats Control Spell Sword? Now, bear in mind, this was back when that deck was okay. But nowadays, if they nerf <laughs> Atromancer, what beats Ramp Scout? Like, there has to be some sort of punish for that kind of thing, where you, you're playing a deck that doesn't take over the field lane well, and it doesn't have any mass removal, and it just happens to go to turn 10 a bunch. Like, there should be at least a card that's good against that, right? Like, because you're doing a whole lot of, you know, just optimistic playing right there. <laughs> like, I don't need the field lane, I don't need mass kill, and I can just go as late as I want. Something should probably be good against that kind of deck, and Atromancer's like the main card that's that good. I do concur with that statement. Something needs to punish the very late game greedy decks. Something needs to say... Something out there. I get, I, yeah, that's the that's like the argument I hear, and I often find myself agreeing with that. The fact that it can... I hate... I, <laughs> unique Legendaries did this side note. Uh... Jeez, you know, today on uh, stream, I actually played, had a game against a Ram Scouts who got a discounted Odoving, and then the following game was a Ram Scout who got a discounted Odoving. <laughs> very, mm. <laughs> yeah. very hard to play around that. Yeah, you're just not going to ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I should have played around the 11 mana Odoving, then the following should have played around the 10 mana Odoving, punished. Uh, but I don't want like the unique suggestion. I just wanted, to, I don't know, maybe, maybe if the mid-range decks couldn't play it, I'd be okay. If, so maybe a mana cost increase, or reducing the ping damage actually would be a pretty big effect. Or make a new type of, let's see, a new type of, what do you call it, uh, Atronach. That's maybe Pyro Atronach, I don't know, weaker creature. If even if they were just a 3-3, three, three, that seems like it'd be a little more manageable. It would move four of the stats away from it. And here's the thing, too. Like, it is really expensive already for mid-range. The reason these mid-range decks can consistently play three nine-cost cards is because 
Like aggro is just not good enough to really respect. Like, I don't know, if I play a mid-range deck, I expect at least 90% of my opponents to be other mid-range decks or control decks or ramp decks. And against the other mid-range decks, we're spending the first half of the game fighting for the board. I'm probably going to, one of us is going to play our giant nine drop and swing it against the control decks. Obviously, I'm probably going to get to nine Magicka and it's going to be great. And there's just not enough aggro to punish you for just dedicating that many slots to it. If you're playing against like, 30% aggro, 30% mid or 30 30% aggro, 40% mid range and like 30% control. Like do you still play Atro? I don't know. That's like a lot of matchups where it's just horrendous. So, I don't know. Maybe aggro should get better cuz like right now I'm just not playing against aggro. I'm not punished for playing Atro Metsu or whatever I want. Very solid point. That's what are your thoughts? Not really not really investing too much to play it since like it's your only nine drop, right? But I never I really had too much of an issue with Atromancer. I understand like a big thing is that like basically you're always going to not get like two for one to three for one when an Atromancer comes down outside of like two cards, Ice Storm and uh, Odaving in your hand. Uh, but I kind of like the power of it. And I think that a lot of times it even just comes down to being just four damage for nine mana, sometimes six. So it's never really affected me that much and really gotten me angry. But I think that it belongs in the game somewhere, like some like a nice legendary drop like this that like takes over the board uh, needs to exist to just put things in line. Yeah, like imagine if you made it unique and your opponent goes like that one of Emmerich and to ring that one of Encano into that one of Atrium. like, oh Jesus, just stop, man. <laughs> stop it. The variance is too strong. And that would feel horrendous. That's definitely an interesting look. And let's see. Yeah, I think Atromancer. It has its, it definitely has its spot in the uh in the current game for sure. As a punishing, but as a two punishing, it was ultimately my question. Make it a three two. A three two? Okay. Yeah, you can so do like, that, I guess. Like a fireball can take care of it. Yeah, so yeah see, it's already really <laughs> So, this is the problem. All the Atromancer counters right here are in blue. This is like, can we, can we, uh, it's like, I think it stops. Like, right, fire, make it a three one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Curse can finally kill it. I'm playing Fireball in all my decks then. A Fireball, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, don't, for, don't forget. <laughs> the Niners makes a Ramp Scout the new hotness even better now, huh? <laughs> can just ping it away finally. But then again, you know, Red could use Rapid Shot to get rid of Atron Lancer. Sounds fantastic. I think Ron's Like the problem, <laughs> as Ramp Scout, your problem with it isn't so much the 3 3. It's the fact that there's all of a sudden like two more things on the board. Like they just need to play one card and they have like full board control. Because Scout can't deal with multiple things at once. But it's like the only playable class that really can't. It used to be red, but now red has rage, so it kind of has an answer. But I, I'd be fine with it being a 3-2. I'd be fine with it being a 2-2. I don't really think that affects the Surprise. power level too much. But if they're going to nerf it, that's probably how I would do it. Just make it still good. Yeah, a bit tonation. Thank you. All right, let's continue. All right. I see what you're It doesn't... Okay, so I think the verdict is it needs to exist to punish those late-game decks. I think it's good for punishing Scout as it should have. It does its job great. Unfortunately, my control spell sword builds cannot handle this at the moment. Maybe I should just focus on tier 1 decks. But all right. So that's the current meta. So as we hop into the meta and look at the watch list, um, we're, before we move on on topics, were you guys interested in discussing anything else on the watch list? I wonder, Bring of the Nightmares is kind of interesting, right? It's kind of, like, been a very controversial card, I would say. Even more so just because of, like, uh, the randomness attached to the card and, like, how it can just blow out games the second it gets played. But, I mean, I've played with the card a lot, too, and, like, I feel like those outcomes don't happen too often, but the fact that the possibility is there has, you know, caused some people some issues. So, yeah. 
it is kind of interesting what they might do. And a lot of people have been saying they might go like the Baltimore Spymaster route. So if you did plan on six, you could only get something that was six or lower. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good fix. I mean, they're also looking at the stats still. They didn't really confirm anything. So if there is one card on the list, they'll probably not touch just because it doesn't see a ton of play might be bringing Like, it's good. I think it's like a high impact card, but I don't really see a whole lot of them, which I'm happy about, you know, because I don't really want to see a whole lot of that effect against me on the ladder. <laughs> it's ang- very anxiety. I like, the fact that it's, yeah. I like the fact that it is like kind of like a silence for blue as well, which is kind of nice. Not that they needed more tools. But, I mean, you can use its ability as, like, a silence in some cases, especially, like, when there's, like, a last gasp minion in play. So it's got to, like, yeah, kind cool of a unique a play. Like a preemptive Belmore nerf to where they say, all right, it's not seeing a ton of play right now, but if we're going to have a competitive scene, maybe this isn't the kind of card that would look good being casted winning a game, <laughs> which I would totally understand. <laughs> Save face a little bit. I think Belmore's my master effect is good on the card. I-, I won't miss it if it does become bad. The other day, a lot of that card, but bringer, I don't think I'll miss. I uh, played against a control mage who played this, turned his harpy into <laughs> Parthenax. <laughs> Jeez. I managed to kill the Parthenax. Thank God, Parthenax gave him the uh, rebirth shout there. Solter, yeah, Solter, <laughs> always Solter. <laughs> and I just sat there, it's like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> My- my opponent's Parthenax always hits Solter, and I never hit Solter. <laughs> I always feel so bad. And then, yeah, like you just you just described a Hearthstone game. You just take out those card names and you add like Primordial Glyph and Firelands <laughs> Portal, and that's a Hearthstone game. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is bad. Although I felt really guilty the other day. Uh, I hit Merrick with my my bringer, and I was like, "Oh, geez." Well, American Sorcerer sounds good to me. <laughs> I felt pretty guilty about winning that. And I was like, should I just concede this? <laughs> that is so I think it most certainly needs the uh some kind of treatment. <laughs> yeah, like every single ta- every single situation where you're like that like wow, this card did something completely insane and uncalled for, like every single one of those gets fixed by the Balmoris by Master Change. So I'm pretty sure they just do that. <laughs> like it just makes so much sense. Like you're on six, you just can't. You shouldn't be able to pull an Aldo in. I'm sorry. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's for you. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Limited by the mana would help a lot. I think the only thing that kind of sucks is like a lot of these cards is like Echo Back of Tosh, Bring of Mana, Bring of Nightmares. Like they get all this like negative response, but like the glory of playing like an online card game is that you can have these types of effects. <laughs> so like there just needs to be like a middle ground where they're not like so. Uh, feels bad for the other opponent, but still like interesting enough. And I, I kind of am like not really frowning against them for like trying these types of things because it's like you have the opportunity of playing like an online card game opposed to a paper card game. So Here's it's an interesting nice. question. I don't know. I'm gonna just steal this the the question asking spotlight from gym class. Oh. What is your favorite? What is your favorite constructed playable RNG using card? Do something in this game that's not possible in a paper card game. What's a good example? Because I have mine, but I'm gonna ask you guys. RNG card. I really like. You got to search random right now. How do you think I build RNG? Yeah, yeah. How do you think yeah. I built oh. RNG Battle Mage? Splendid. All right, my favorite random card. That's an excellent question. Um. Hmm. Let's see. Which one is the best? Well, someone who's not a fan of RNG. <laughs> no, no. Um, like well designed too, yeah. I think Yeah, I was just 
What's a good example of how they could use RNG healthy? What's your favorite example? A favorite example? I like... Let's see, the card I play... I like I like Orb. <laughs> no one plays it, but I like Orb. Because I'm just drawing a card yeah. from my opponent. Yeah, but... So it could be really awesome, could, but... Same time as card advantage, but then again, you can low roll and high roll. But the, I don't think mm -hmm. the high rolls could be that devastating. I mean, I had games where I got like, I drew two mats of cores off of my opponent. But, hmm. I'm going to go with actually Parthenax, actually. I think he's a 12, one. I think he's a 12 cost card, right? To start off with. Like, he's 12 cost. Yeah, yeah. So he should have a strong mm -hmm. effect. He's the, he falls under the we're unique, so we should have some kind of godly ability. There's only one of him. And the shouts. And the shouts, I'd say on turn 12, 4 to 5 are good. But I turned, around turn 12, it's not the worst in the world. Um, and I say 4 out of 5 because on turn 12, there's a good chance the uh, cast out shell might not be the greatest to pick up. But typically, I don't mind Parthenax. Like, you know the pool he can get. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's really strong when you get multiple. Of the same shout, I've gotten several soul tears from him. I've got one time I got I I got triple uh, drain vitality, so that was kind of nice. Most mm -hmm. it's I like it because the person playing it knows what's coming from it. The opponent has an idea. Uh, I think it's alright. That's my thoughts. Yeah. You got one, Schwitty? I don't know. It's yeah, it's it's hard to say, right? Like I mean, like Aran and like Orbit Arena both have like random on it, but like those cards can be like kind of replicated in like a paper format maybe or would be a little bit harder but like randomly choosing something from your graveyard you could make that happen in a paper format like pretty easy just by turning things face down um i don't know like it's hard to actually say now that i'm looking at all the random cards i mean like high rock summoner i think is like okay but that's it's not a huge you know roll of a random dice right you're only picking out a three yeah i mean i like the like Alter Despair and like Chanter Vakatosh because those are still kind of random, but you can kind of like control the randomness. Good point. Yeah, my favorite would have to be Blood Magic Lord. It's just like kind of tough. Blood Magic Lord. You have a small pool, but there are different times you say like there's always a chance that one of the four, like each one of the four in certain games is going to be the best one. There are times you wish for Drain life, times you wish for the guard, times you wish for raised dead or whatever. And raised dead even has more RNG attached to it. So that sounds horrible, but it's like balances by the cost, it balances by being slow. And the fact that raised dead also has RNG attached to it ensures that whenever you play Blood Magic Lord, like two situations are rarely going to be the same. Like there's so many different ways a Blood Magic Lord can go. And yeah, you can sort of play around the results if you're the opponent. And even the raised dead that's going to like save your raised dead when the discard pile pulls. There's like so many ways you can maximize the, the blood magic spells. It's it's much different for me to just like, oh, my opponent has a big thing on the board. Bringer of Nightmares is going to give like obviously the, the the potential outcomes is way higher on Bringer of Nightmares just because of the board states and the different cards in the game. But there's so much you can do, even though the pool is a bit smaller with Blood Magic Lords and the variance involved that I think makes it a really interesting card. Okay. So having a pool typically of cards seems to be the healthy route of RNG, right? Like this way your yeah. opponent can account for what you have as well as you see what you have. Sure he still doesn't know, but there's only so many possibilities with Blood Magic Lord. And you can kind of think about that, you know, you can see what your opponent plays and what he does. And sometimes you can kind of get a solid guess of which one he grabbed. 
Yeah. Like even the discover mechanic that uh, you see Rift and Pickpocket have, like most like the Hearthstone discover cards, like at the beginning, everyone was like, oh, discover is a great skill testing mechanic. And now everyone's <laughs> like, wow, very much tired of discover. Let's not do this <laughs> much anymore. Cause like, even though you get to choose and you have decision-making involved, the pool's just too big. Like it's fun. It's wacky, but yeah, we already have a few cards like that, like Balmora and Wabajack that are always going to be those kind of cards. Okay. So what if, uh, I was wondering, what if, bring, would it be too much of a nerf to make Bringer of Nightmares act like Wabba Jack? You had no idea? Eh. That's <laughs> a massive nerf, and that kind of ruins the card, actually. Yeah, I think I feel like that changes the card dramatically, even though, you know, there's not much being changed besides, like, seeing the card before. But, like, yeah, I think that, like, really changes this card to, like, a completely different card. If that's yeah, I think case. it's really, un actually just ruins the card now I think about it. Because it's a, kind of a neat effect, just needs to be... A cap or some kind of pool, or if they want to create unique creatures, it could transform it into. But, alright. So that is, I do like this card. But now let's talk about the set overall. Uh, Heroes of Skyrim. Um, This set was, I guess this kind of segues back into the old Muslim meta, yeah, meta changing. But overall the set seems, I guess what Bethesda has been doing has been pretty excellent. Uh, my favorite thing from this set was the release of the, uh, the, not the I don't want to say starter decks. I guess pre-made, pre-made decks. And the sheer fact they're only 500 gold. I thought that was just a really strong uh, push in the right direction. I thought that uh, that offsets people's worries about a new set coming out so soon after the uh, official release dates. Especially if you're a new player, you get a free one off the jump. As well as you know, plus getting the cards from the campaign from a decent amount of gold. So I feel for someone who wants to either go free to play or test the waters, as I someone who typically plays free to play until I come to the conclusion I like a game, then I feel more comfortable spending money on it. So I have to see how that goes. So I think that, that was excellent. I think um, I think everything all around. Seeing what I'm seeing now from here's a Skyrim the. Talk about Twitch drops in the past, uh, in our past podcast there, uh, but the drops kind of went along with Skyrim and the hand with big E3 announcement, all that jazz. A lot of life in the game, and I think all around, here's the Skyrim has been a positive. I mean, the watch list cards. I mean, I don't even see Akatosh or Commander at nearly as much. Uh, even a nightmare, I don't see too often. So I think all around this was a pretty amazing expansion. So I'll pass this off. I forgot who I passed it off to last time, so I'm just gonna go sweaty. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I love the expansion. I like a lot of the new things that they introduced. Like I like a lot, like the Darker Birth, um, Illusionist cards, like the Flicker cards that they've released. Um, that's like a lot of fun to play with. Uh, you can build like a kind of interesting, unique decks like around those effects, like Night to Remember as well. And uh, just in general, they just like added, you know, not only just like strong cards, but lots of cards I feel are still untested. Um, like you can see now, all of a sudden, like support mage is coming around. There's like so many different variations. There's like an altar despair one. There's you know a wolf cage one, and we got more cards that work on that. So I don't know. Overall, I really enjoyed. I think the way they typically always go about things, like with the new players, has been pretty good. Like with the drops and giving people like the free decks to get people like still going into the game. Been a good good move so far. Okay, CV, it's your thoughts. Yeah, on the on the starter deck issue, the starter decks are really good. Like I still don't have them memorized, but 
Like they're all attached to a legendary. Yeah, you get a free <laughs> legendary with the starter deck, with your free starter deck too. And you know what kind of legendaries they're including with these starter decks? The best ones. Like they just, yeah, yeah like they're not giving you the trash. Not that there's a whole lot of trash. Besides but, our boy, yeah, just, uh, what's his name? Benjoin or Benjoin? Oh, jeez. <laughs> he just had a yeah. fond spot. I don't even know his name. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Let's pull them up. But uh, the four cost, no five cost actually, five cost drain. Hey, I still think that card is good in Phil for Monk. Boom's life saves us. We'll never know though. We'll never know if it's good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're gonna play it. Listen, man, he ramps you, he heals you. I. Um, That's a five drop four four drain. It's not even that bad. Yeah. People play six drop five five as a drain all the time. This gives you magic. The only issue is that you have to play a really bad deck to get it to be good. <laughs> no to Let me tell you, one day a drain deck's gonna come up. A few expansions from now, <laughs> drain something is gonna be so legit, <laughs> and then Brynoth will shine. Drains. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little mm-hmm. girl proxies effects, right? So you go little girl turn four, Brynoth <laughs> turn five. I feel Dude, like I'm going to play this card in a deck that it doesn't belong in just to play it and see if it's good in a good deck. I'll figure it out. But yeah, it gives you like Alduin and Parthenax and stuff. Like back when I started card games, my first starter deck was the Yugi starter deck. And I got a Dark Magician. Oh, dark magician. And that card was Cheeks, all right? Like, <laughs> no one played. The show hyped up so many bad cards. Yeah, like not only was that deck garbage... But they gave me a garbage, like, fate. I don't even remember, like, Lord of D was the second. I don't know, it was just awful. Like, they gave you some straight-up garbage. It was, like, $10. And here we are in a day and age where I don't have to leave my house. I don't have to spend $10. I get a free <laughs> starter deck for, for the effort that it took me to log into the Bethesda launcher, which, granted, does take some effort sometimes. But I got a free starter deck. And it gave me a good legendary. It's even more cards. And it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful experience. That we had today, or whenever we got the starter decks. <laughs> you know, and I agree with that because and the 500 gold too. Like that's that's simply amazing to me. 500 gold, like, dude, like, how long does it take to get 500 gold? Seriously, not that long to farm a 500 gold. So a new player, it's like that's almost a Twitch drop. <laughs> and the the Parthenax one, I feel like, is the best. Right, the Parthenax one has like Leaf Flicker in it, Earthbone Spinner. Uh, Murkwater Shaman. So it's got like a, so many playable epics too that like you're gonna want to get regardless. Uh, that's probably like the best one if I had to pick one personally. Yeah, and even like the Encana one, people are like, oh, I wish I had an Encana. What well, you can basically buy one for 500 gold, but wait, here's 49 other cards, including like Manticore and other good stuff. <laughs> just that's gonna be a solid deck to start off with. And <laughs> it made me, <laughs> geez, I must say. Oh, man, I really wish that we had starter decks. Like, I think I bought them all in the first day, and I checked how much collection it filled from the expansion. I think I wanted up at thirty-three percent. So, if you get them out, that's an interesting stat. So, if you think about that, if you buy for how many starter decks were there? Six or five? Uh, bring them. I would say five. Five. So, for about twenty-five hundred gold, you can own. So, without spending an actual dime of real money, twenty-five hundred gold nets you one third of the cards from the new expansion. I think that's rather generous to free-to-play players. I think that's fair. And I think they did a good job of balancing the rarities in general, too. Besides, because I was my main concern with the expansion was like, wow, it seems really fast for an expansion already. But they did exactly what I was hoping. I mean, there's more legendaries than I would expect, but I didn't expect free starter decks and everything, too. Like, the better ones do appear to be 
unique on average. They are taking a look at some that might be problematic, but it doesn't feel like you really need to get your hands on any of these legendaries to be competitive. So if you're just getting into the game, you can still focus on the core set. And the epics are really toned down too. There's like very few epics per color, which is going to make making a tier list for them very easy. And like, this might sound like a bad thing, but a lot of them just aren't very good. The epics, there's only a couple that you really need. And the main complaint with everyone in the course, I was like, there's too many good epics. So they just made like not as many epics and not as many good ones. And I think that's totally fine. Like the, the really defining cards that we've seen so far, are like the soul tears and the sheer point dragons and the circle initiates, they're all commons and rares. It's just <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, true. Uh, oh, yeah. Point Dragon is only a rare. So, I mean, yep. I think this one really knocked out of the park. Yeah. I'm just yeah. glad to see. And I guess, so let me ask you guys this. What's your favorite new, not necessarily new, but either new or improved upon mechanic? So, or, or interaction, I should say. And CVH. Uh, I'm on the spot. Uh, I like werewolves. I think they're really cool. I think it's like little girl, but done right. And they're not like amazing right now, I don't think, but they're like pretty good. They're definitely playable, and I think they could get a lot better in the future. Okay, sweaty. Uh, I'm all about the the flicker cards, like Dark Rebirth, <laughs> Illusionist. Those are my favorite things. Just to be able to like resummon on something on the board, and like just spamming its ability is for some reason really exciting to me. <laughs> I agree. I mean, gee, I was seeing some scout lists. Actually, the tournament I cast on Monday, somebody use effectively using what's that night to remember? Night to remember. Oh yeah. man, seeing night to remember use on a red brahmin was pretty insane. But I think those like effects. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite, I think, was the graveyard interactions they added. Oh, well, generally, I guess soul tier being the main one. Uh, I just like the fact that, and then oh yeah, and the undying dragon. I just like this identity of kind of a reanimator effect. So it sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Oh, a skeletal dragon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, his undying dragon is actually the oh, other one. It's kind of weird. Oh, yeah. did I say that? Oh, I said undying. <laughs> Ooh, my bad. Skeletal dragon. I thought we were just rolling with it, so I just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, correct me, correct me. It sounds oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, skeletal dragon. I do enjoy a bit of a uh, kind of, you know, skeletal dragon. So hopefully as they add more discard synergies and more graveyard synergies, I can kind of make a Lightsworn deck. <laughs> and oh, that it's slowly building there, and I'm just clapping my hands. But yeah, I just love that kind of interaction. Um, you know, tossing a card and possibly summoning it pre-turn, and that may be too strong mechanic, so a limitation on that, or depending on what kind of card you have. But I do rather really just enjoy... That interaction, and as well as the shout cards. I will say this, when they first introduced the shouts, I wasn't a fan. I was just kind of like, well, I'm really trusting in the card draw variants. Right, so if I because the first level was typically not so great, like... The red, ooh, I just said the wrong one. The red shot, for instance, is just a weaker cast out. Doesn't have prophecy, can't target every creature. So I'm hoping to hit the second one, right? Yeah. So I can get a still lesser cast out. <laughs> but the third one becomes insane. And I found. I don't know the shot. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. Uh, yeah, and then the. 
Like Drain Vitality is pretty solid. Uh, even at level one, mostly because Share Point exists. Soul Tear seems to be good at all three levels. Um, yeah, I sometimes forget that that one has a level two and level three. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Something extra. Sometimes I wonder if you could just toss Soul Tear as a one of. I mean, you probably want all three because it's, it's by far. You could totally do it. You could totally do yeah, it. But you have to discard deck, so yeah. yeah. It's good enough on its level one. Yeah, because that's legitimately a card that you see it on other games, like two cost revival dude from your discard to your hand. Like that exists in other card games, and it's good. Like <laughs> it's just a good effect. Yeah, Soul Tear is. I mean, if, yeah. Soul Tear basically reads you're playing like two of any unique you want. Yeah, because you're limited by those cards too, so you can like actually reuse Red Brahmin without playing a bad card to do so. <laughs> that's just what you had to do before. <laughs> Red Brahmin without yeah without worries. So that's, I think Soul Tear by far, when it comes to Shouts, I think Soul Tear is just a far, because the other yeah. one's level ones. Oh, I guess Call of Valor isn't the worst thing at 3 mana, 3-3, three, three. but Fire Breath is horrible with this two, like a weak Fireball. Yeah, I would say that Soul Tear ends up being solid. Think, I, hmm? uh, it's just if we think we'll see more Shouts in the future. Um, and... Are there more shouts, or I don't know how they work in the games? Well, the thing is, is with, like, Skyrim especially, like, that's where the shout mechanic came through, is, like, in the Skyrim game, and that's where we're at here. So if they went and ventured off into another land, I don't believe, you know, someone might uh -oh. be able to correct me, but I don't think shouts are really, like, in the game. Yeah, okay. So I'm not sure how that would work that in, unless they, like, did, like, a mini expansion, like, Madhouse Collection or something like that, that yeah. was still, like, Skyrim-related. It would it would also make it weird to balance cards like well literally just Parth and Nex at that point, but if they introduce like a bunch more. Well, you know, interestingly enough, they could introduce more shouts with another mini expansion, Dark Brotherhood style. I'm accounting not every uh there's a lot of Skyrim materials still left over. Like on top of my head, one unique legendary they don't have is Selene, the vampire. Um, that's the character. And I think that there's still room for shouts. They can still there's there's a lot of Skyrim, there's a lot to do. So off the top of my head, I think they could, if they wanted to add more shouts, uh, if they go for one for each color, it would be interesting. Uh, someone who played through the Skyrim game a good amount of times, I would say that there's some potential there. Uh, but I'm not sure, I mean, as long as they make them unique and fresh, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Uh, speaking of Skyrim... Uh, I'm not familiar, uh, uh, but I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with Skyrim. How do you gauge that? Is it hush? I put a lot of hours into Skyrim. All right. <laughs> uh, put about 45 minutes into Skyrim. Right. So maybe I uh, make my next question something a little different. Uh, how do you guys feel about the shout interaction? Uh, right now, our interaction cards would be Ulfric Stormcloak. Which, interestingly enough, I have not seen. Um, whenever I play, I don't see anyone running Luthor. And then again, I don't see too many shout decks. Um, let's see, Young Dragonborn, I have actually saw. I got wrecked by Young Dragonborn <laughs> the other day. Um, and Greatbird Mentor pulls them out. Well, then there's Dobo the Voice, who... Wish she wasn't the last grasp. <laughs> but do you think there's enough shout interaction, or should there be more? Or is it just right? You guys' thoughts? I'll toss it to you, Sweetie. I mean, if you look past the fact that it's a shout, it's an action. So it's already got like a bunch of synergy with action-based stuff. Um, when it comes to like Ulfric Stormcloak, I've seen uh, 
like Link even try like because when I first read Ulfric Stormcloak, for example, is like when you play Shout, draw a random Nord from your deck. And what that read to me was like when you play Shout, draw this Nord from your deck. So I was kind of trying to look and see like what Nord could you tutor off of with this to have it as like an extra copy. And one of the things I've seen people using is like Grade Bear Mentor. So like it was like a way to like just keep on your shouts going. So basically that was just like a shout generator, Ulfric was. And that was kind of interesting. But I think the fact that they're actions, you don't really need too much shout interactions like outside of that, like synergy cards that are only for shouts. Solid point. And CBH, your thoughts? Yeah, I think, ironically, the best shout synergy card, I don't even think we count Parthenax because <laughs> you can play in a deck with no shout <laughs> gives them to you. But uh, it'd be weird to include more shout synergy or more shout support because if they're not going to make more shouts... Those cards will kind of be stranded in the set and be weird for new players who don't have the Heroes of Skyrim cards. I don't know. The shouts themselves are a little bit lackluster, and I don't think the support cards at the moment make them much better. I've seen a bit of Greybeard Mentor, but I honestly just have not seen the other cards besides like the first few days when everyone was testing everything. Like They just didn't stick. And Ulfric is kind of close, but no Crusader deck really wants to play Call of Valor in a 5-cost 6-5 even if that five cost six five can sometimes draw you another call of, or another Nord or whatever it is, it's not very good. Like it draws you an Imperial, I guess. I don't actually know what it does. It draws you it draws one you, card. It draws you a Nord, yeah. I believe. Yep. If it draws you a random Nord from your deck. Yeah, I mean, like the best shout support card is a, as a glorified tusked bristleback one of in your deck. And if it sticks for a turn, <laughs> and if you have a, a turn six call of valor, which you're like randomly playing on turn six, <laughs> then you get to draw a card. Like, this seems strange to me. Like, it's not horrible, it's just not worth it. So, I mean, I'm okay with that though. I hadn't really felt like I missed playing a crazy shout centric deck because. Yeah, most of the shouts I don't really want to play in a lot of decks. Like, I'm not playing Unrelenting Forest, I'm just not going to do it. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the end. I don't know. I don't know if any of you guys did, but I feel like I heard a lot of people saying that they thought Word Wall was going to be like a good card, and like I thought it was. I, I never agreed with that. I first say it was. I was like, "What are you guys talking about?" Like, I didn't think it was ever going to be a good card, but I, I like how uh, that was one of the cards that like a lot of people like had shouts, shout synergy, and everyone thought it was like going to be playable. Yeah, things with Word Wall. The issue is that like Word Wall itself is bad unless you like soul split. <laughs> but I got some. Maybe it was you, Shwitty. Did you wreck me on the? No, it was like Onia. It was someone on the the test server when we did that whole thing that wrecked me with like a Word Wall into soul split into like a Call of Valor getting two things. <laughs> and I was like, that wow, hilarious. <laughs> really good. But if you draw those cards in any other order, it's really really bad. Do <laughs> <laughs> something a little tricky there. Um, jeez, oh. <laughs> that's interesting. Alright, so now I would move on to the future of the game. We can discuss a bit mechanics you would like to see, or wait, did I? Ugh. Well, yeah, mechanics you like to see in the future, or. Hmm, how do I put this? Improved upon. Personally, the uh, first question I asked is mechanics you'd like to see, new ones. What would you like to see? Okay. Uh, I like, so, <clears throat> funny enough, much as I don't like Commander, I do like the concept of interacting with one's hand or deck. Um, one other game, I so I play a lot of online card games. One I play is Hex, in terms of TCG. Um, one thing I like Hex has is cards similar to both the allies and the drawlies. Um, the cards that draw you from a certain color, not a color on the ground, or uh, it's the top deck of your... And for the allies, the top deck of your card matches the color. It will get an improved effects, and the blue ally cunning is typically just always miss when you need her. 
to a side effect there. But I would say I'd like to see something that maybe, hey, if you have a 70-card deck, this moves up a spot in your deck or something. Pretty strong Oh, card. God. <laughs> okay, I know. Wait, wait. Trust me. Trust me here. But things like that, like if you have X amount of Nords in your deck, this does that. Maybe nothing too insane. Something that makes you maybe further support for the mono-colored decks if you wanted to go that route. As, but I also kind of want the uh, racial synergies, the tribal synergies there, except for Oryx, they have enough. But for everything okay. else, for everything, <laughs> for, everything, for everything else, I'd like to see, personally see that uh, touched upon and improved. But, um, you know, I like Red's identity of the lockdown kind of mechanics. Raising spell costs, stopping you from summoning being this kind of thing. I think that's cool if you could have some kind of a lockdown deck. I know that may... Well, maybe not total lockdown, as in that may be very uninteractive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, I, I love the mechanic too, but it, it can be like pretty frustrating, and I don't know if that's the route they want to go. It's kind of... Look, all right, actually, I'll let you finish actually first. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I just want to see... I like more interactions, so... Oh, and one key thing I was really hoping they'd have in this expansion that didn't have was more prophecy rune interaction. I mean, there is what is it called? Shadow Shadowfoot? Yeah, that can block out a prophecy. But I wanted something more like Dark Guardian. Something that when your opponent's prophecy procs, any effect effect is triggered. I was hoping maybe get that to since Aggro typically is not in a good spot to their rune and prophecy system. So much uh, favoring that, I would have liked to see a card that's more of that interaction. I think that interaction is pretty healthy for the game all around, in my opinion. And it actually adds more layer of strategy. Maybe that's not the best card, but if you're worried about prophecy, you slam it down, go face, and then you'll lose all your tempo right away. Um, and as well, I'd say. Oh, well, I guess more werewolves and vampires, but I guess I guess some of the tribal synergy. Yeah, that is all I have for things I like and like to see. So to sum up, summarize my thoughts, more hand interaction. You have that guard that buffs the keys your card, your guard, I like that. Uh, more deck interaction. Oh, and more mill mechanics. Um, I know a lot of people don't like that mechanic either. Any mill mechanic, really? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. So gonna... Let's see. Hold on. Gym class is advocating cards that benefit a 70 card deck, and he also wants Mill. I wonder what he's got planned. <laughs> what? Me? Nah, nah, man. <laughs> Nothing planned. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to convince people <laughs> that cheap wins, man. Nah, but um, I'd say I'd like to see Mill, but hey, uh, that's all I got. So I'm going to go past the CBH. What would you like to see? Or. See improved on. Well, the the prophecy interaction is kind of interesting because they did it with Dark Guardian, but while I think that's a super well designed card, uh, the decks using Dark Guardian typically don't care too much about its secondary effect. And the deck that needs the prophecy interaction, I mean, I'm sure no one really wants to see that happen to them, but like, you know, the aggro decks that don't want to play three cost two five. So I think the Shadowfoot kind of does it better as far as a card that you'd need to interact with prophecies. But I don't know if that's the way to really help Agar out, because if you make a card that just says 
and it could cost basically anything. If it just says your opponent can't use the prophecy ability of their stuff, whatever you make that card, it's immediately going to be disgustingly broken. Like they tried that in Wizards tried that with Duel Masters and Kaijudo. Well, they didn't try it with Kaijudo. They learned that lesson, but they tried it with a couple cards in Duel Masters, and it was just like ridiculously unfun. They basically the same rune system. In case you guys didn't know, but yeah, it was just not yeah, not fun. Uh, so I would, I yeah. Yeah, if, if they do like a cryptic totem build medias type of thing where you just like, oh, your opponent can't activate the prophecy ability of the cards they get for moons, that would be not great. So, yeah, that's an interesting one. I've seen some people suggest like refilling runes, but I think that kind of does the exact opposite. <laughs> that just makes prophecies more of a problem. Yeah, it makes prophecies. <laughs> don't forget the card advantage drawing you get from that. That's pretty insane. Like, they just draw another card eventually. Um, yeah, I think maybe more. I guess the Nord cards kind of have it as you break runes, more of that for aggro. I guess a big issue yeah. is a lot of these yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah, like Hoffinger? Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of these cards just... I mean, the werewolves were great. Uh, but yeah, I think... they encourage a different attack order. Like, usually you never play things before you break a rune, and now you have to, yeah. so it's kind of interesting. I think this, yeah, the this... Circle Initiate, it's like a mm -hmm. big player. I feel like Circle Initiate is like the one of the strongest werewolves I've got. Yeah, and like you play that outside of werewolf deck, so it depends on like what you want to play. That turn dictates whether or not you play said card before or after you attack, or if you attack with like one thing, or if you attack with one thing, play a thing, attack. There's like so many different ways you can play it in any given turn, and that actually does matter. So I like that. It does kind of encourage. See, like no more big vanilla prophecies, kind of ever like that have race benefits, like Mystic Dragon. Like I don't know. Like it's I don't. It's not in every blue deck, but. It's not really inspiring. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Hooray, here's 4-4. Four, four. It's on the board now. <laughs> Good game. <laughs> Get wrecked, yeah. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I always like reanimation effects and discard effects in other games. And that's like would be kind of cool to see. But those effects are like, like at least discard, right? And like lock mechanics are like really frustrating for the other person to play against if they go off and work correctly. And like sometimes I feel like that's a dangerous road to go down. So it's kind of hard to say. But honestly, I think, like, I still, like, we, we're, like, so close to, like, you've been saying, like, so close to actually having, like, a reanimation deck. But I still think we're so far away that, like, truly yeah. works. And that's what I used to play in Magic is, like, reanimation. So, like, I really, really enjoyed that. Do you mean reanimation as in directly to the board? Because Soul Care yeah. is so good. It's just like directly I don't like, want to try anything else. Like, like directly play, to the board. I mean, like, Necromancer. Like, I can play reanimator. Six, I can just play Soul Tear. Black Room Necromancer, basically. Falkirk Defiler. <laughs> yeah, Falkirk Defiler, but that's... <laughs> yeah. I could play Soul Tear, guys. So they really... <laughs> Soul Tear is making me lazy. Yeah, I think... I don't know. See, I wonder, that's the thing. Reanimation to the field is very, very strong. I feel like it's... In this kind of game, I think it might be too strong. You know, use turn one, I play my... I ring out, what do you want to call that card? Palestine Spirit? Exactly. <laughs> Discard my Atromancer, turn three, lol. Or whatever the mana cost for a card like that would be. That I really like. <laughs> Enjoy. So I think it may... It depends on the cost and the kind of card. So maybe a, a, mid, -range, a mid to high cost spell card, or a unique legendary that says, hey, whatever you... You know the twelve cost legendary. Pick any feature from your graveyard. Summon it. Um, there's something like that. But I just think you have to be careful, really, not to make it like 
too good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even in Magic, they, like, pretty much tried to get away from it pretty fast after they realized how broken it was. And, like, you don't see any, like, like straight reanimation cards like that too much anymore unless they're very, uh... There's a lot of, like... You can't think of the exact word, but it's not going to be... There used to be cards that were just, like, two mana play card from your graveyard onto the board. And, like, those cards don't really get printed anymore. <laughs> for probably that exact reason. Oh, yeah, for good reason, too. I think just it's... Yeah. So I think we got covered that, that it's pretty cool. Oh, one, oh, one thing I just... This popped into my head, actually, as I was looking at the collection here. Dragon Cult Ghost. Now, this card doesn't see too much play. But I do like the mechanic, so let me just tell you all about it. One mana, one one dragon gold ghost, blah blah blah. Spend all your mana available mascot to play dragon cold ghost. Its power and health are equal to the mana spent. Um, if you silence this card, you'll keep its stats. So that's some, the strengthening mechanic as opposed to just buffing. It's something I see a lot in Gwent, and there's of course many interactions with that with strengthening cards and all that jazz. This is something I'd like to see further in this game as well. Um, I'm not sure which tribe that would necessarily go into if you wanted to make it a tribal thing or a mechanic of generally strengthening cards. I mean, it could be busted as it kind of shuts down silences as you're increasing your cards. Perhaps making a slower deck is going to cost. But I thought that was cool once I figured out that interaction. Yeah, it's really close to Forbidden Ancient from Hearthstone. It just can't be silenced, which is just one, one of the problems. But besides that, the cards are actually just identical, I think. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it is, it's the same. Oh, yeah, have you, have you not seen that? I don't, I didn't, I came from Duelist. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'll the... link it because I brought it up just to make sure it was the same. <laughs> no, but you're right, it is the same. That's the weird thing, I came from Duelist. I was like, yeah, this card is a card, and I'm like, oh. Sounds nice. Comes from Duelist. I, you have to come to Duelist from somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> playing Duelist to come. Oh, this game looks cool. Everyone's like, Hearthstone this, Hearthstone one. I'm like, so guys, Duelist, yeah. So I feel like Duelist was okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was hit or miss with Duelist. I think the uh, pixel art threw it off. Yeah, it was hard for me to tell what I had in my hand. Also, just that. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I, think, yeah. I, I mean, I think the appeal, I think like you either like pixel art or you don't, but yeah. So I think we've covered quite a bit. We started a bit early, so we may be around that hour time. So this is where I like to say any final thoughts from either CBH or Sweaty? All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Wait, I'm sorry, you're saying? No, I got nothing. Right. <laughs> I was hoping you'd have something, Shmini. No, 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 I mean, when is that, what do you guys think the next gauntlet will be? And, like, what do you think it will be? Do you think we'll actually get, like, a more tournament-oriented gauntlet, or do you think the last gauntlet, like, we saw was, like, as close as it's going to get with the leaderboard? I don't know. I bet we see one, maybe not next weekend, but, like, probably next two weekends. And I bet it's, like, similar to the one we had. I think I would love to see them tie it into a competitive scene, but if we're not going to know about all of that tournament stuff until after phone release, and phone release probably won't happen until closer to the end of the month, the next gauntlet will probably just be like exactly you know how, but probably not exactly the, the pinnacle gauntlet 
experience quite yet, but you know, maybe we'll see it. I think it should be like a, a really important tie into the competitive scene in the future, but I don't know if that'll happen in the next gauntlet, but I think we might see one again soon. I have no inside information whatsoever. I'm just throwing that out there. Didn't chaos arena happen early this month? Yeah, I feel like, I think they're trying to do it once a month too, the gauntlet yeah. and uh, chaos arena. Yeah, I feel like chaos arena usually happens at like one of the last two weekends. So I think you're right. I just want to see for gauntlet mode next time if they do another one in the next couple of weeks. Interesting. So I think you know, in one podcast I did speak with some gentlemen about tournament formats. But what about tournament qualifiers? You mentioned you'd like to see gauntlets. Would you like to see the ladder taken out of the equation, or would you like to see it and have these gauntlets? You earn points in that manner. Which, how would you like to see it? I think I guess I think I think I like the concepts of maybe. And referencing other games, I don't like to do that too much, but let's get examples. Um, let's see, Hex has tournament uh, in built, you can enter, and I'd like I'd like to see tournaments like that where you can enter, and gain points towards points or tickets or something, some kind of tracker to show your progress towards getting to a bigger tournament. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so we're agreeing with that, Sweetie. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you were saying? Very good, yeah. I think that if there was going to be like a big tournament, right, I think that having multiple ways to qualify is good, like different ways. Like maybe you do invite like, you know, top X player from the top of the ladder, and then also there's a qualifier tournament. And so you get like, there's, you know, different avenues for those players to come to the tournament. And I think that kind of makes it more interesting because then, you know, they all have their own storylines of how they got there and what part of does they excel like Inez, right? They'll probably get invited because he excels at ladder climbing. You know, he's like God tier at it. But, you know, it, it, but in tournaments so far, like he hasn't really, you know, made it to the end yet. So maybe he just needs more time. So I think that like, you know, someone like that does deserve to be there. And then also people that are just good at the qualifying tournaments that improving themselves should also be there. So I think that if there's like Everett, I'd like that, there isn't just one go-ahead way, like this one gauntlet, your one chance, three, you know, you get three chances in a gauntlet run and then you're in the tournament. But maybe make that one of the ways you qualify and then have other ways as well. Okay. Good point. And I will say if they do tie in a ladder system to, well, like we always have a ladder system, but if they if they tie it into qualifiers, huge uh, weight would be lifted off everyone's shoulders if we just could see the MMR, and I'm going to say the G word, guys. You know, grab onto something and just see what their like matchmaking score is, so they can it decide. Like, if you're a number eleven and you see number ten is way away from you, but number eleven, uh, number twelve through fifteen are super close, you probably don't risk it. It like allows you a little bit of consistency and knowing when to queue, as opposed to oh, it's taken me a couple wins. I guess I can. There's like a gap here. Like, it's just so weird that you're not actually seeing what a win amounts to a lot of the time. And being able to see a rank, if they, if they do, like, say, top 64 players get qualified to whatever, being able to sort of see where you actually are as opposed to just a number, like an actual number that relates to where you are as opposed to the number directly above you, I think that'd be a big deal. But yeah, I think it'd be super cool if they did a gauntlet where they like qualify the top however many, 128 people from that, top 120 people from ladder. Uh, depending on the type of tournaments they're qualifying for, whether they're online or in person, they could change the numbers or change the amount of time people have to qualify. But, you know, tiny little third-party tournaments plus the gauntlet mode plus the ladder could give different players who have different amounts of time and experience in the game to grind 
and like different levels of experience in tournaments and stuff that can give all these different types of players a way to feel involved from the ground up. I think that's important. And they could invite streamers too because we're really lazy and bad at the game. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, I think we should get top priority. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I do like that. You know, qualifiers. I mean, I think that's a very interesting topic because you want to make qualifiers not too much of a grind and more skill based, but you also want to give multiple options and chances. I certainly agree with all this. But all right, <laughs> I think we actually went over an hour, which is sweet, as we had a lot to talk about and share the community and. 750 of you guys stuck around. Appreciate that. So I'd like to thank my co-host well before I get again, let me ask, any other final thoughts? Groovy. All right. <laughs> but before we, uh, so I'd like to thank both CVH and Sweetie taking the time out. I know, Sweetie, you're pretty much just getting out of work. So thank you for yeah. that. And CVH, <laughs> I know you're done streaming. You usually take this time to relax. So I thank you as well for coming Thanks out. for having me. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Have to have you guys on again sometime. Um, so that is that, and that is the end of the podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.